0: Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 84, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. couple weeks off for the holidays, but it's good to have the boys back with order with Collins first. How's the holiday break, Ben? Uh, it's been solid.
1: I just got back from Rome a couple of days ago. It was, it was a lot of fun over in Italy. Got to spend some good family time and just happy to be back in the States where people speak English. It was fun for the first uh, couple of days, you know, talking to people. And then after a little bit, you're like, oh my God i just want to speak fluent english with somebody but it was a good time and got to go see the uh the old high school hockey team play tonight shout out to the gilman school here in baltimore it was a good game took on uh our arch rivals boys latin so got to see them uh them drain the lake it was a lot of fun so yeah how about you guys
0: it's been good. I also was catching some some high school hockey. Did I was curious. I was expecting maybe some Italian tweets from Villanova hockey, but did did nothing come of that? Did content take a break for the week?
1: Yeah, it, it took it took a break from the for the week. Aside from like the Christmas posts and and all that stuff, I'm not a a certified me guy. I Wouldn't start just tweeting in Italian because uh, you know I'm in Rome. It was uh, it was a good time. Yeah.
2: That's good on on your part. Herm, how are we doing from Utica tonight? We're doing great from Utica tonight. Got the chance to go home for the holidays, spend time with my grandmother, stepmother, father, brother. It was really, really nice to be back home. Had an, like a, a completely unintentional visit with my uncle that was supposed to be like, 30 minutes turned into three and a half hours and my dad wanted me on the road before it got dark. He's calling me as it's 7.30pm and he's like, get out the door and get on the road. So I got back to Utica close to midnight, uh, driving up the Taconic when it's dark as shit out is not something I would ever recommend because it's windy and dangerous things are good up here we're we're rocking and rolling tough loss last night in in Toronto for the guys Utica City's uh, season is in full swing right now soccer fever all across Utica it's a good time going right now we got five games that I'm going to be working in three days a mix of two doubles and a single it's going to be it's going to be a crazy crazy weekend for me yeah, and just in time just in time for us to have another episode out. We'll get you all warmed up for the
0: weekend. Back editing again. I know Herman, we were, you and I were talking, it was weird. We kind of took a break, kind of had our our foot on the gas for a little bit with the jersey tournament going on that kept us busy and gave us some content to push out during these quiet months, but it's kind of been a gong show the last couple of weeks. Um I let's start. We did the annual Murphy family pond hockey on Christmas Day, which was great. My Frozen Tide jersey came in just in time for me to debut that, um which was great following christmas um my high, local high school team hosts a christmas tournament i usually volunteer there was not volunteering this year was actually getting paid to do color commentary always good to jump in the booth that's where i was coming from tonight uh for the delayed start my bad on that guys but after the holiday tournament made the trip down to staten island to hang out with vinnie barone and, and matt zarb and connor flanagan and we met up with a bunch of the guys did a syracuse hockey tailgate ahead of the pinstripe bowl which was great uh, cool to see a bunch of the alums wearing the new rebirth orange jerseys, uh, which, you know, they those were on the market for a hot second there and a limited edition quantity now. But, uh, we did that took the LIRR to the Islanders game afterwards. Caught that, um, had great seats, got to met the Islanders owner. Uh, he was pumped that we were Syracuse hockey guys. He had a bunch of questions about club hockey, but we tried to fill them in as quickly as we could kind of been hanging out new year's Eve came and went. I I've, I, think I've said this every year, but I just can never get up for New Year's Eve. Every year I get myself up to like do something fun and the plans always fall through. Came home early this year. Actually caught the second half of Ohio State, Georgia, which was great. So that made up for the night. Did a high school hockey game tonight and now we're here. Super pumped to be heading back to campus. I feel like that was a mouthful, but I've been busy. It's been fun keeping up with everything stoked for this interview though. Today sat down with the guys from Cincinnati earlier today. That was a fun one to, to kind of get an inside look with those guys. So looking forward to having you guys hear that one later on, but excited to be back here. Looking forward to going back to school though. This is uh, this is like Hockey House 2.0. This is I, I I don't like doing interviews from here. It's tough to record the podcast from home. I'd rather be in my comfy chair back at 757 Ostrom. But happy with you guys tonight and ready to get back into the college hockey news. And we'll start things off. Breaking news today: the winner of the 2022 Hockey House Pod Jersey of the Year competition, none other than South Carolina. Uh, The Gamecocks showed out on Twitter to seal the deal. They doubled the Flames vote count. Herm, is this all together they doubled the count? Because Twitter was a bloodbath. I think the landslide was like 80% votes, South Carolina to 20% Liberty. I would not surprise me if the overall total came out to double the votes.
2: I can read the the final tally. Give me a sec.
0: It was to the point where I think four hours into the poll, Herm texted me and was like, yeah, you might as well start making the cock hockey graphic because it's a lock at this point
1: i mean are we surprised at all though i think this was the clear front runner at the you know at the beginning of the tournament and we all said the Cox were gonna win and it's a you know it's two things one it's just such a good jersey and two the amount of of social pull they have is incredible everybody loves the Cox; nobody hates them except for the teams in their conference
0: i honestly think their toughest matchup was the second round matchup against texas tech Texas Tech pulled out in the voting, in the polls. They they showed out. They have like the Pistol Pete logo. They gave them a run for their money, and I don't think after that it was ever close.
2: I got the final tally here. It was 7,410 for South Carolina in total, 3,657 from Instagram, and 3,753 from Twitter, and Liberty had total 3,627. 2,694 on Instagram and only 933 on Twitter. I uh, I got a text from uh, one of my buddies today who, who, you know, said, count the votes. Like, it, it seems rigged. I'm going to make the joke. I'm going to take the heat. I'll make the joke. Maybe, just maybe, it's not the first time that some people in Lynchburg might have been dubious about uh, election results or voting results, what have you.
0: I'm biased, but I like the setup we had this time around going with Jersey of the Year. Narrowed it down a little bit from the start. Uh, I was talking with Ben Smith, the designer of the Jersey. Uh, He was fired up. He told me he was going to put it on his resume. He ordered one. Uh, They're still coming in from Verbero. I told him we got to get him a Jersey patch that says like Hockey House Pod Jersey of the Year to get that printed on the jersey. So really cool all around. Some surprising results. I know we were talking to the guys at Cincinnati later on, but they were shocked they got bounced pretty early, but they still love their jersey design. Herm, I think the Delaware jerseys got
2: bounced pretty early as well. That was kind of one of our top seeds. Trying to think of some other shockers. My heart, there was no no reason that they should have lost first round. Zero in my mind. I thought they were they were my auto bid. And I was devastated that they got bounced early.
0: All in all, it was a good turnout in the polls. Uh, Awesome tournament. We'll, We'll definitely have to do this again next year. But moving to some talking points for this week, Oklahoma State Hockey has announced a partnership with the Tulsa Oilers of the ECHL. On Monday, OSU Hockey Club announced a relocation in partnership with the Tulsa Oilers, who are the ECHL affiliate of the NHL's Anaheim Ducks. The Cowboys will begin official operations in Tulsa at the Oilers Ice Center once construction of the arena is concluded in January of 2024. Tulsa is an OSU city, said team captain and club founder Jacob Thompson in a press release. At Bedlam, there were thousands of fans. The majority were rooting for OSU. Tulsa will be our home. We won't have to share that home with UCO and OU like we have in the past. They've also announced that like the games in the second semester, they're going to play as many as they can in Tulsa right now. Not as nice of a facility as they will play at in 2024, but I think it's a step in the right direction to kind of have them call Tulsa home.
2: I think you can look at certain moments in in hockey history with a program and be like yeah this is a moment where everything changed that overtime winner in bedlam completely changed the trajectory of the Cowboys program. You know, like in March Madness, when the Cinderella teams make a run and then
0: like they get like more people applying in admissions next year, like we're going to see lots of hockey talent going
2: to OSU and they'll be able to point uh, to that moment for sure. Put them on the map, basically. I'm going to steal it away from Aiden because I know he's going to say it because we mentioned March Madness, UMBC, for example. I was going to mention UMBC. I don't think their their admissions number skyrocketed.
1: I was actually going to talk about Villanova like a couple years ago before the 2016 National Championship like the acceptance rate was probably right around 45 50 like around that of like providence and and then the, uh, a couple other you know mid tier catholic schools and then after 2016 and 2018 the admissions got crazy hard and it, it, like now it's uh, nearly i think it's it's gonna be below twenty percent in the next next couple of years. It's um it's really cool. And I think, you know, with, with OSU, like I think this will eventually lead to them jumping at d one. They're gonna see a huge influx of talent, which I think is gonna be absolutely awesome for for hockey in, in the Midwest. Would you wait, would you call Oklahoma the Midwest? Or would you call it the South?
0: That's a good right, we'll question. It, we'll Biz would it say Midwest. it's the South. Biz would say it's the South because it's south of okay. is it south of Colorado?
1: Yes. It is. <laughs> because it's above texas well all right we'll
0: call it whatever you <laughs> want to call it
1: whatever you want to call it we'll, we'll call it that
0: not not um, huge geography guys here
1: we're not geography guys we're comm majors yeah i know but i think that's going to be huge i would i would love to see them join d1 and, and make Bedlam a uh a pretty big deal in d1 hockey
0: crazy to think like all this and they've only had a team for less than two years like it, it's crazy it's it, it's really good to see and really good for college as a hockey as a whole uh, moving on, we want to give a shout out to Alabama Hockey. Their men's Division One ACHA team has a new Instagram. You can follow them at Alabama Hockey D One. Collins, I'd like you to chime in as, as somebody who's seen their team account get deleted by Instagram. This is a, a tough one for the boys at Bama, but they seem to be turning it around. I'm glad they they
1: got the new Instagram account. I gave them some advice and I told them just keep being relentless with Instagram. Make sure to get your athletic director involved. Make sure to provide the paperwork saying you have the rights to use the logos, all that stuff. So if anybody does get in that, that, that situation, make sure to do that. But, you know, it, it is a real, real bummer when stuff like that happens, because one thing I noticed was that uh, because we didn't have an Instagram, our attendance at games went down. I don't think Alabama will, would have something like that, but it is a real bummer and it can really, really affect programs. So Instagram, you guys got to get your shit together and stop deleting accounts for pretending to be somebody else. Like we're not, we have, we are allowed to use these logos from the school. We put a lot of time and effort into making our Instagrams look as professional as possible and, you know, really try to create engaging, engaging content and professional content to, to really validate our position in the hockey scene. That's just my perspective on it. I'm sure other social media people will agree with that, but yeah, Instagram, just, just get it get it together it's it's really crushing us out here
0: yeah so if something similar happens to you feel free to shoot us a dm like like we mentioned collins has experience with that kind of stuff so he can kind of help you help guide you in the right direction and other news from alabama their chf team had a great article that they were showcasing this week advocating to get a rink closer to campus uh they said in a quote developing a home rink in tuscaloosa would not only be an investment to both the division one and division two hockey teams but also the university community and city having a rink in your campus would allow the entirety of the university to attend home games with ease, cheering on the frozen tide and pushing the team to play better and become a top team in the conference. Uh, Head coach Greg Dreveny said it would help drastically in multiple areas. The guys would be able to practice more than once a week and it would be more accessible to the student body and would generate a lot of revenue. This would be huge for Alabama. I know that trek that they have to make to Pelham is kind of a haul and it kind of limits what they're able to do as a program, but would love to see this. I know there's a couple other teams across the country advocating to get rinks closer to campus, but I think it's just another result of club hockey. It's Showing people that, hey, like we could have a rink here and there would be people to play on the ice and pay for ice time. And that would be good for for college hockey if Alabama were to get a rink closer to campus. Want to give a shout out to the Liberty division one women who made the trip to finland this week they are playing a handful of exhibition games while they're over there i know their men's team did this a couple years ago cool to see them doing it they played hpk Nässet. they play in the nastin liga which is the premier women's ice hockey league in finland and they fell short four to three which i think is crazy playing a pro hockey team in finland and losing by a goal just shows how good this liberty women's acha team is and we've seen that with how well they've played against division three opponents. So unbelievable effort by the lady flames out there in Finland, but they're not the only team playing in Finland this week. The Duke blue devils also made the trip, which is like, Kind of out of nowhere. Like, I can't believe we didn't hear about this sooner. Duke is a member of the ACCHL. They made the trip out there. They're playing a couple semi-pro teams, I believe, over there. Maybe some junior teams. I There's at least three different opponents I saw. I, well, I was just pumped when I was a freshman to go out to Colorado. I can't imagine what it's like to make the trip over to Finland. Aiden, as a guy who made the trip overseas over break, uh, how cool is it to see these ACHA teams making the trek to Finland?
1: i think it's really cool the one thing that killed me was jet lag and also the time on the plane too i was so tired for about a period of two days so hopefully these guys can uh can adjust quick and um, really get on the time easy i think it would just be such an experience to uh to go play international with your boys It's it sounds like an amazing experience
0: I want to give a shout out andrew cattle he made an incredible mock-up for the border showdown featuring gorgeous jerseys for the jayhawks and mizzou uh he had like the rock chalk Jayhawk look in the red and then he had an off-white throwback for Mizzou even designed what coffin stadium might look like uh if it had a winter classic sheet out there so definitely cool to see these mock-ups it got the comment section going like what other outdoor games would be cool somebody said UNLV at that AAA stadium they have in Henderson uh maybe facing off against ASU there's a
2: couple other really cool matchups that I I liked seeing in the comment section the one that I didn't see and the one that makes the most sense To me, Kentucky versus Louisville at the Lexington Minor League Baseball Stadium. That would be electric. Or if you could get enough enough university sponsored interest do it at Louisville Slugger Field which holds even more
0: if you're going to do that I feel like you might as well invite like six other ACHA teams down and make a tournament out of it get teams down for the weekend and that would be a really cool event to do
1: I I don't mean to get too Villanova centric here but this was one that I found out happened uh, a couple months ago from Bob DeGemis shout out to him but in 2011 there was a great crosstown rivalry game at Citizens Bank Park between the Wildcats and uh in Drexel. I did not know that happened. I thought that was that was great when uh what well, twenty eleven was Flyers Penguins, right? I think or no Rangers. Uh,
0: Flyers Rangers, yeah. Yeah, I no, made That the, Like that's, Rough that's, Salute that's, in that game.
1: Yes, yes. No, that was twenty twelve uh, awesome. was would... Rangers, Flyers uh oh, 2012 sorry 2011 2012 season but yeah no that was uh I would love to see more uh, ACHA teams do that I think it would be really cool everybody has their um their outdoor game typically like I mean we have one uh, against Lehigh next week just at some outdoor rink but I think it would be it would be really cool if uh, the ACHA and the NHL really kind of figured something out that every single year when there was uh with the Winter Classic there would be two ACHA teams hopping on the ice the next day to play I think that would, that would be awesome
0: Yeah, and and with the Winter Classic being in Seattle next year, I think University of Washington would be the perfect place to start with that. Maybe uh, U-Washington versus Oregon or something like that. Maybe an ACHA-1, ACHA-2 matchup. Something like that would, would be really cool. And some Syracuse news. We have a, a big announcement this week. We've been working on this a really long time, but by now the news will be out that we're selling replica jerseys. I know they're very popular amongst the the people, the people being Bleacher Report, ESPN, everything college hockey, not a big deal. Herm took some sick photos. Uh, those jerseys are going to be for sale on our website for a limited time with a bunch of the money going back to Syracuse Hockey to help support us and our fund. So if you're a fan of Syracuse Hockey, you're a fan of good hockey jerseys. Be sure to check that out. You can head to our website suhockey.com for more details. Also, I wanted to give a shout out to Dave Portnoy who helped raise awareness for University of Michigan women's hockey. Uh, they were fundraising for ice time. It got picked up by a couple of like accounts that were focused on Title IX and women's sports. People were like, wait a second, University of Michigan women are paying for ice time at their own university. That picked up a lot of publicity. It got on the desk of Dave Portnoy as an alum of Michigan. He was like, Are you kidding me? Like, is this real? And I think a lot of people who saw that made Not know that Michigan has a club Women's team I think there was like Kind of some clickbait involved in that But at the same time Portnoy saw it he Donated the rest of the money they needed For ice time and then you know posted A screenshot of it said he did it I thought It raised a lot of awareness for, for Club hockey at Michigan and the Women's side of it I know we had Coach Trubiano on A couple of weeks ago, she spoke very highly of what they're doing there. And I think what they're doing is good. She's done a very good job of gaining publicity for the program. One day when they go NCAA, we can point back to this time where they put in a lot of work to to get the message out there that they're fundraising and they're all student run and they're doing everything the right way. So really cool to see a guy like Portnoy step up in that situation. And with his platform, he has the opportunity to raise awareness for situations like that. So that that was really cool. Uh, I want to take a second uh, to give a word from great camp jobs, working at a summer camp will be one of the best jobs you'll ever have. I would know. I spent last summer working at Camp Winterdew in Massachusetts, helping out coaching hockey. They're not just saying that. They really mean it. Every summer, thousands of children from all over the country go to camp for the summer a fun, growth, and friendship. But camps are not just invested in their campers. They are also invested in their staff and provide opportunities to the staff members to grow and thrive to do so. Camp jobs, are from mid-June to mid-August and dates vary based on location, food, housing, travel stipend, comprehensive staff training, and days off are included as part of the compensation package. Brent from Great Camp Jobs connects college students seeking summer jobs and paid internships with unique opportunities to work at some of the best overnight camps in the United States with 15 locations across the United States. Great Camp Jobs places over a thousand college students in seasonal positions each summer. Great Camp Jobs are among the best summer camps in the United States. To learn more, you can do so by heading to greatcampjobs.com. I had a blast last summer working as a summer camp counselor, made a bunch of connections there. I want to get into coaching someday too. So it provided me the opportunity to coach uh, young kids who are pretty passionate about hockey. So love giving these guys a shout out and be sure to check in with Brent uh, if you have any more questions about working a summer camp job. Wanted to toss it over to Herm. He's been working on a project with Elite Prospects trying to help guys out uh, and not enough guys, honestly, are taking advantage of this. So I want to give him a kind of a
2: chance to speak on this deal that we're doing uh, the next couple of weeks, not even the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months I've already paid out for probably through nationals. I think at this point, what I've kind of set up is a real easy takes no more than two to three minutes maximum form to go through and update your information on elite prospects, whether that's your photo, height, weight, previous team, if they got your birthday wrong, whatever it is, I can go through and take care of it. I paid for the Elite Prospects premium membership. What we're asking in return is three to five dollars that will ultimately be pooled together to go forth and buy new equipment for a lucky photographer around the ACHA. We kind of want to tie it full circle of like you have gotten quality photography from someone that you now want to make yourself look good. And this money now goes to make the people that make you look good make people look even better we've only had a couple of entries so far everyone that's submitted through the form we've gone and taken care of within 48 hours maximum the turnaround time is insane i think murph you've seen it for yourself with a couple of the guys on Qs getting new ep photos collins you saw it uh with one of your guys that you submitted a photo for. It's really something that I recommend that everyone in the ACHA and CHF take advantage of. I believe it's 66% off the cost of a normal membership if you want to pay $3, literally. No one wants to be the person with a blank EP page and make yourself look good going into the new year. Speaking of looking
0: good going into the new year, some teams sitting atop the men's Division Two ACHA rankings. We mentioned that we were going to cover some of the rankings before we get started in the second half. You, Mary, sits at number one. Followed by Montana State at two, Lindenwood three, Florida Gulf Coast at four. Uh, a lot of teams in the West cracking the top twenty in the D two rankings. The first team from the Northeast is actually UMass at number sixteen. Um, some notable teams we have Weber State at fourteen, Kentucky fifteen, Liberty sits at number nine, Trine at six, Saint Thomas at number five. The ACHA Division two team does a great job of advertising their rankings. They do some gorgeous graphic works so be sure to check out those rankings as always at achahockey.com. but wanted to give a shout out to those d2 teams because i know we we mentioned we touch on them but we'll kind of keep things rolling we want to give a shout out to our followers give you guys some stick taps huge accomplishment we made it to twenty five thousand followers on christmas day which i think was pretty fitting to do the 25k graphic on december 25th honestly i think i talked about it a couple of weeks ago and i think i was like i don't think there's any way we hit 25k by christmas time like that's a a lot to ask for, but Hockey House fans are, are great. You guys keep spreading the word about club hockey and, and what the ACHA and the CHF can do and more and more players are taking advantage of it every day because uh, of our following. So we wanted to thank you guys for all the support. Love every single DM that we get, even if it's crazy people who don't know how to vote in the jersey brackets, but we appreciate all the interactions we have. Almost 450 new followers on Twitter because of the Jersey of the Year tournament. We're actually closing in on 5,000 Twitter followers, getting awfully close to 10,000 followers on TikTok. So we're really going to boost those in the next coming weeks. But we wanted to give everyone a shout out and say thank you to that. Wanted to give Herm a chance to uh, recap some guys who are calling their shots. uh,
2: Some people sending us the DMs, making some predictions for the second half here. Absolutely. Our good buddy from Stony Brook, Thomas Sullivan, Sully, says Stony Brook's strength of schedule could see them back in the top 10 very soon. First semester didn't go as planned and we weren't ready for Liberty. We dropped bad Eshel games. We have an absolute gauntlet coming up. On the road to Adrian and Ohio, home against Liberty, Hit and Niagara. We made some roster additions and subtractions, and if we can keep these games close and pull off some wins, we'll be rolling into nationals. If not, an already underwhelming season gets a hell of a lot worse yeah
0: I know the guys at Stony Brook are kind of I mean their goal is is to make a run in the national tournament I don't think they got off to the start that they wanted to but the Eshel has been pretty competitive this year it seems like everyone's been able to beat everyone Pitt and Niagara I think stand out as two of the better teams in the conference and just adding those teams adds more games to the schedule that, and, and it's a gauntlet and you look at their non conference schedule for this next semester and they're going to have a, a, a tough road the nice thing about a tough road is if you can get over it uh, you got a beautiful view at the, at the the other end, and and that means you know a trip to nationals for them. So I think they're looking looking to make some noise here in the
2: second half, and looking forward to
0: following the rest of the way.
2: We got an anonymous comment from a top ten ACHA men's one program. Liberty is making a natty title run this year. I watch a lot of Liberty highlights for the broadcast that I run, and they look really good this year. It's just a different feel compared to the Liberty team from last season.
0: I think Liberty is one of those teams where they're better off flying under the radar. It seems like when their expectations are high and the spotlight is on them is when people like to say that oh they don't get it done in the playoffs so I feel like they're in a good spot right now they're probably not as good as they'd like to be. Kind of the same position as Stony Brook. They got some tough games ahead in the second semester and they can really make some noise. I think that trip against UNLV showed a lot about that team and what they're capable of doing. They bounced back after a tough loss against Alaska Anchorage. And I think they're due, honestly. Like Liberty, I think they like they they want to bring home a national championship. I don't know if they're quite there yet, but I think they're in a position where they can make a deep run at nationals. Herm, what's
2: the uh, the hot take this week? I'm feeling kind of inspired seeing the success of the chicklets live show at the winter classic that's where they hosted it right in boston if we're still going in two years or so i think that we could pull off a live show like chicklets at acha nationals yeah it'd be pretty cool to do it in like uh the hotel Right. If if all the like kind of like in St. Louis,
0: I feel like most of the teams stayed in that hotel near Centene, but that would be a really cool way. I almost think like, uh, yeah, some sort of meet and greet like that, too, just to get to meet guys from other teams, because, you know, all the stories we tell are just guys we know across the league. But if we could just make more connections and get to know guys more, I,
2: I don't see why we couldn't do that.
1: What's stopping us from doing it this year?
2: I have a job that I have to get back to, and I don't feel like taking enough equipment to live edit on the fly. Murph says, um, too much. You wouldn't have to edit a live show, though. That's great. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. They just they
0: just wing it, and it's it's like going to see a performance. So I think that'd be fun. I I know Collins, we got to talk and see maybe if our spring breaks align, so we can get you up to Boston too.
1: Spring break is like the week before, but I I definitely would be willing to make the trip and skip classes for uh for a week, maybe just do some Zoom classes. I think I think that that could work.
0: I know friend of the pod Christian Banks has already texted me a couple times. He's waiting. He's waiting to make the trip from Syracuse with me too. So maybe we'll get a media team assembled for the week uh, in Boston, but looking forward to heading back again pretty soon here in the spring. As always, our interview is brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. And the best part is your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at optimecsportscom slash signup slash pod. Their new feature is really exciting. Teams are starting to take advantage of it. Eastern Michigan just set up their online team store. DePaul's got a jersey sale going as well. Teams starting to make money and it's about time because so many people are asking like, where can I get a jersey? Where can I get a jersey? Where can I get apparel? And now all of a sudden you can do it right from your team website. It's unbelievable and like we mentioned, your first year is free. I know a lot of teams have enjoyed their first year uh, using Optum and and they're signing up for year two and now year three for even some teams. So it's really exciting to see. Like I said, the new year is a, a good time to use this downtime to kind of revamp your website so check them out at optimexsports.com now it's time to turn over to our guests this week joining us Cincinnati Bearcat captain George Zimmer teammate Danny Beebe they join us they were a blast to have on gave us some insights on what it's like playing at Cincinnati uh, their outlook on the rest of the season these guys actually played juniors over COVID so they went Acha mm-hmm. to USPHL back to Acha so they had a bunch of stories from that experience and we'll turn it over to them now We're pleased to be joined by two members of the university. Nighty Bearcats, Captain George Zimmer, and teammate Danny Beebe. Boys, welcome to the Hockey House Pod.
3: Appreciate being here. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Psyched like to have you guys on Zim. I know we were going back and forth in the DMs for a little bit. Uh wanted to get you guys on and uh, appreciate you guys coming on in such short notice this week, but we're happy to have you.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here.
0: Let's dive into the season a little bit. How has uh your season, senior year been going so far?
3: It's been pretty well. Obviously, we've struggled a little bit this year, but we started picking it up at the end of the semester. So we're excited to come back and you know, hopefully dial it in a little bit kind of turn the season around here we'll get to it in a little
0: bit big reason why we wanted to have you guys on is the crosstown faceoff. you guys got coming up always a good way to get right back into things at the start of the second half playing a big rivalry game like that
4: yeah no this uh crosstown faceoff is a really good thing i think for the program to have, be able to get the whole school out there we got it downtown this year so it allows a lot more fans to come down and um just a good way for the boys to get back on track it'll be a good game a lot of energy looking at your eps you guys are both from ohio talk about zim i'll
0: let you go first but talk about like growing up in ohio in the teams that you played for and playing high school hockey.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Growing up, I was uh born like actually in Cleveland. So I just played kind of local hockey around there. Uh once I got to Pee Wee's I started playing like triple A for the Cleveland Alliance and the Cleveland Barons. And then by the time we got to high school, our high school had a club team which is honestly one of the better teams in the state school-wise and club-wise you know i feel like that was the right move to go back to high school and play high school we had a lot of good players we actually had four guys who ended up playing for cincinnati so it's not something you usually see out of high school is four guys who end up go playing in the acha so it was pretty cool always playing in ohio and kind of being a local kid you know we had pretty good students at our high school games so that was always pretty cool as well
0: now when you mentioned that your high school team was a club like what does that mean
3: you could go to any school and play for the team so it allowed our coaches to do like a lot of recruiting and stuff like that and I feel like that's what always made our team a top 10 team in the state
4: Beebs,
0: I mean pretty similar path for you right
4: yeah uh we played together in high school and that was a big thing biggest difference between him and I was I was uh I was an a3 single a plug most of my life playing in uh, Strongsville, I, I never I never sniffed AAA or anything like that. So once I got to high school, I, I started putting in the work. But before that, it was uh, Strongsville Mustang, single A, almost bottom of the tier there.
0: Nothing wrong with that. And then, Biebs, actually, after high school, you went a little bit of a different route and you played a year at JCU. What led you to John Carroll?
4: At that time, it was the coaching staff. Coach chancery there is still one of the better coaches I've ever played for. And then kind of like the opportunity to stay a little closer to home. It was only about an hour away from my home, so it kind of an easier transition going into school and then they had a good hockey program as well so
0: and then Zim back to you when you chose Cincinnati were you looking at any other schools in Ohio or was Cincinnati on your radar from the start
3: It was between JCU and Cincinnati, so I was pretty 50-50 on it for a while, but I knew I kind of wanted to go to a bigger school. You know, I like Cincinnati a lot. It's a good business school, which is what I'm majoring in, and also I like the program a lot down there. They just came off their Final Four run. I was excited to have the opportunity to join a good program.
0: You get to Cincinnati freshman year. What's your kind of welcome to the ACHA moment during that, uh, was it 2019?
3: It was actually, I always tell this story to my dad. It was on my first shift. We're playing uh, Toledo and our assistant cap, I was the seventh defenseman for the first game you know I was just excited to be in the lineup obviously it was my first shift because one of our other defensemen got hurt I go out there I get a ddd pass make a pretty nice pass up the boards and this six foot eight guy in Toledo just blows me up into the boards hardest hit I've ever taken I got the wind knocked on me I like stood up and came back to the bench but I was hurting so bad it was terrible and that was your first shift. Oh, first shift! Never forget it. It was insane.
0: What rink was it at, too? Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, I was at the Toledo rink. I think it's the Ice House.
0: Is like the trainer walking down to the bench, or are you just like hunched over and and trying not to oh, talk to anybody?
3: I'm not. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just telling everybody I'm good. I'm ready to go. Like I'm not wasting this opportunity and gonna get scratched and then never back in the lineup. <laughs>
0: Oh, it hurt, Beebs, What about you at John Carroll? Did you have a, a welcome to the ACHA moment?
4: My second game ever. Uh, I played a little bit in the first. It was more of an exhibition, but uh, my second game, Amber, we played uh, OU in Athens. Uh, it was their home opener, so it was uh, it was a packed barn you know they had a sold out crowd and on this 18 year old kid who just came off of playing high school hockey and never played in front of more than a couple hundred people and you got a thousand two thousand people sold out at that bird arena it was it was an electric atmosphere it was definitely my welcome to college hockey and being from ohio and playing your first game at ou how cool was that it's really interesting OU is kind of just something you hear about when you're growing up you know they have a great program and stuff like that and especially as a guy who wasn't quite at that level yet it was definitely an experience to be able to step on that ice in front of so many people
0: and Any memories from maybe like rowdy fans or, or, you know, people getting on top of you?
4: I just remember, you know, in high school, you used to only, you know, maybe the other student section or something like that. But I remember uh, I'm taking the puck down and I look up and there's just a grown man, not even not a, not a player's players, parents. Or a student, just a grown man chirping me. He's just an OU hockey, Ohio hockey fan. And I just, he's chirping the crap out of me. And I'm like, all right, there's an actual fan base here. And it was definitely an experience that I'll never forget.
0: What did you uh, think of the locker room situation at Bird Arena?
4: It was absolutely brutal. Also, you have to keep in mind, this was what? Uh, Maybe first week of September, late August. So it's still, you know, 70, 75 out. That rink's got horrible insulation. So this, the ice is not freezing whatsoever. They're bringing out nitrogen cans, spraying the ice, trying to get cold. Our gear is sopping wet. You take one fall, you know, and you're soaked with water. And now you're sitting in this cram-packed locker room. It was, it was a brutal playing condition, but it's something you just have to do. Zim,
0: I heard you laugh there. Is that something that you, when you guys have played OU, that you've also had to deal with?
3: Yeah, the locker room situation there is terrible. I mean, you are squeezed in next to everybody. We were in that back corner locker room and it's awful like you are just you're so close to everybody you can hardly tie your skates i can't stand it but it's always a good time playing there
0: yeah they got they got a great atmosphere kind of looking at your freshman year i know zim you guys made it to nationals like what was that like you mentioned that wanting to go to cincinnati because they had made a deeper run the year before were you guys kind of expected to to be pretty good
3: we had a lot of returning guys i you know i was really just hoping i was going to go there and make the team and by the end of the year i was able to play in the 5th and 6th d, d spot it was awesome I I mean, regionals, we got pretty lucky. There's a couple upsets. So like we won like seven to one and five nothing or something like that in our first couple games or our first two games to send us to nationals. Yeah, we had high expectations. I didn't really know like what i was getting into and how like intense it was how it was nationals or nothing at cincinnati so it was pretty awesome i enjoyed my freshman year a lot i met a lot of really good guys guys who graduated that i still keep in touch with so yeah it was pretty cool
0: any stories from your freshman year at cincinnati that that kind of stand out or maybe road trips that you guys went on
3: yeah so uh so when we were going to regionals um we were kind of planning on hoping and being like the number two seed we were real close to liberty um so we didn't have like a bus or anything rented. So we ended up having to take vans out to New Jersey for regionals, and it took nine and a half hours just driving in these small little vans with seven people. It was awful so that was pretty funny that was a good story you know we went to florida gulf coast my freshman year and that's always insane um those fans are crazy down there so i'll never forget playing down there against a bunch of like their whole team was over six foot and i just couldn't believe it i felt like one of the shortest guys on the ice and i'm like six two so yeah those are a couple good stories from freshman year
0: renting the vans out i'm assuming it was players that had to drive the vans too
3: yeah, it was terrible.
0: Oh, did you at least get like a good seat or were you crammed in the back of a van?
3: Oh, no, I was a freshman. I was crammed with three freshmen in the back seat of a van. Couldn't move the whole time.
0: And you got like the sticks going over your shoulders probably.
3: Luckily, we had a cargo van. So like someone was driving the cargo van everything was in there, but we were there for three days. So there's backpacks and bags and everything. It was in- it was insane.
0: Beebs, looking at your freshman year at JCU, any memories that stand out to you? I know you mentioned playing OU in that level of competition. I'm assuming you guys also played some other pretty tough teams.
4: That back-to-back that first week when we played OU and then straight to Oakland, and uh, Oakland was one of the better teams really in the ACHA that year. We, um we travel all the way up there, you know, it's a brutal travel and then we get ripped 11, 11, nothing. So it was a heck of a start we had there first couple of weekends, but now JCU was a great time. I have a lot of good memories there. You know, we took buses everywhere. So thankfully I didn't have to worry about any of the cargo or the, you know, the van situation, but just in general, JCU treated me so well. And there's so many memories that, you know, I could pick and pull from like playing at Gilmore ice arena, getting to use their facilities and stuff like that. And, it's just a good time.
0: We played TCNJ earlier, and they play at Lawrence Academy. What's that like, having sharing a home rink with a, a prep school like that?
4: It can be intimidating at times. I know Gilmore Academy is still one of the best prep schools in the you know, entire United States. The fact that we get to use their facilities, they have a state-of-the-art uh, weight room there. So before practices, after practices, we're rolling out, getting loose, uh, training, shrink training there. Uh, John Carroll was a small school as well, so we didn't have quite the athletic facilities on campus. So for the ability to use their weight room, it was it was unreal. And then they also have a rapid shot in the back that guys were working on. It was what they offer there was amazing.
0: You guys had your own locker room there too, right?
4: Yeah, we had a nice locker room. And then the adjoining locker room uh, we used on game days for like a dry stall area. Our locker room kind of leads right out onto the ice.
0: Looking back your freshman year, were you on that team that went viral for the warm-up routine with Kesha?
4: Yeah. That was, you know, that Kesha song, you know, every party we had, team party, that that was banging. So when those, when the TikTok crew decided to start throwing that up, we, we all kind of knew it was going to start taking off here.
0: That was like a pre hockey house pod day. So I wasn't like exactly looking on the internet for ACHA content, but I remember vividly seeing that one. And I'm, and it's the same thing. When, like when that song gets played at our parties, like everybody's banging the wall the same way you guys are yeah. banging the sticks and warm
4: ups. Yeah, exactly.
0: Zim, take us through like you win regionals and then, you know, everything happens in the world and and you guys don't get to go. What was that like getting to the point where you clinch a spot in nationals and you don't get to go?
3: Oh, I mean, it was. It was so depressing, especially as like a a freshman. And I couldn't imagine what some of the seniors were going through. Like I saw them, they were, I mean, they were beat. They thought, you know, they'd get their last shot in nationals. And obviously we had such a good team. It was terrible. I mean, we were practicing pretty much every day. You know, we get the news obviously that, you know, COVID's getting big or whatever and we're not going. So it was honestly depressing, like, you know, you think you're going to Texas for a week, you're getting out of school for a week, you're just going to go play hockey, but then you find out you're actually getting shipped home and you can do nothing for the next two months.
0: Yeah, it was a, a brutal time. I remember, you know, it, so many, like you mentioned, so many guys who didn't know that they played their last game and, and all of a sudden uh, the world is so different from that point. Biebs, what At what point did you transfer to Cincinnati?
4: I actually transferred during you know all the COVID stuff, which is unfortunate because I never really got to sit down with uh, Coach trade John Carroll, but I dropped him a phone call. I think April around that time I decided that I was going to go.
0: You decide you're going to Cincinnati. At what point did you guys talk about going and playing juniors in
4: Columbus? Um, we were sold. I was completely sold on sticking it out for Cincinnati because COVID was kind of slowing down during this uh, summer, so we we're going to let it rip. And then the school said first semester to be canceled, so we're like, all right, right, we'll, we'll keep you know just practicing on our own staying in shape It kept getting later and later and pushed back and then george got a phone call from brian thompson who's now the coach in buffalo but he said you know we have an opportunity and we knew we were done for the first semester so we initially signed on for that first semester all the way up to january with columbus
0: Zim, how, how was that process like for you? Like, were you excited for the opportunity to get up back on the ice?
3: It was insane because uh, the Mavs had been talking to me the year before. And I was like, kind of like, ah, I don't know if I want to go play in the USPA. I just kind of want to go right to college. If uh, that's the path, Brian reached out to me and he kept like reaching out to me. like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't really like talk to him anymore. And he was like, oh, like, would you be interested in maybe playing like one weekend? We're short on defense. When I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, and then I was like, oh, I got a buddy who uh, would be interested in playing too. And I was like, Danny Beebe, they're like, yeah, we know who he is. He can play. I was like, oh, all right. And then they ended up having us sign on for the first semester. And then after that, they were like, yeah, we really like you two back for the the second. And we're like, well, we don't have a season. And, you know, obviously uh, we made a couple really good buddies there um, who are still like best friends with today. We actually just got back from a trip with a couple of them. It would have been really hard for us to leave at the end of that semester. we ended up playing through and it was one of the most fun hockey seasons I've ever had.
0: Biebs, you mentioned in, in your notes beforehand that the travel was brutal going Cincinnati to Columbus for those that aren't from Ohio. How long of a trek is that?
4: So the Mavs played in northern Columbus, and we were all down here on Kentucky border, basically. So it was about an hour and 50 minutes to the rink. And you guys were doing that how many times a week? Uh, At least three. The Mavs practiced, I think, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. A little story here that, you know, Coach Handrahan was not too pleased to hear about after the season. That hour and 50 drive was so brutal that me and Zimmy told Handrahan that we had practiced Monday, or we had in-person classes monday and wednesday so we couldn't drive up to columbus on those days which was total bs because we weren't having any in-persons but that drive was so brutal and so expensive for us that we had we had to pull something out of our hats you know we're already driving there four days a week it couldn't be it couldn't be every day
3: yeah we uh another funny story with that is there was one tuesday where the snow was pretty bad and we told brian we were like Oh yeah, we'll see how it is in the uh, in the morning and see if we can make practice. Our car was in like a parking garage, like five minutes away. I woke up, I texted BB. And like, as I was texting, I'll remember he was texting me at the same time. And I said, we're not going right. And he goes, no shot. And then we ended up just telling him snow's too bad. Our car got stuck or something like that. But it, the snow is terrible. Like we're not even trying this, but it was a good time. So much fun. We ended up staying uh, with our buddy on the weekends on the team, the one that we just visited. So we ended up living with his uh, family Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, sometimes. So that was kind of like our billet experience. But we had some of the craziest times. There's so much fun.
0: Now, what was like the dynamic like with you guys having you know already finished your freshman year of college? Like,
3: were you considered rookies
0: on the team? Did guys see you as vets because you had played in college already? Like, what was that like?
3: We were vets. We wa- they only <laughs> yeah. had like they only had like five vets. We were really young that year, um, so we walked in and we were kind of you know we had the the older guy syndrome in the locker room. So it was pretty fun.
4: Yeah. We, we shut down that rookie stuff right away. You know? Yeah. I spent, I spent my freshman year picking pucks and <laughs> filling the water bottles on the puck walk. So I, as soon as we got there, we made it very clear that we weren't rookies.
0: And now was anybody else in the same boat as you guys, or were you guys the only two who were, were doing this?
3: Uh, one other guy, Hayden Ripley, plays for OU. We're still good buddies with him. He came back and played, and it was it was so much fun.
0: I had a, a couple of buddies at Syracuse who did the same thing. They came home for winter break, and they were like, hey, like, do you guys want to play for us? And I, they had a blast, because I think the good part about the ACHA is a lot of people can make the jump out of high school, but then uh, you get to the ACHA and you hear these guys who play juniors and they have these crazy experiences. And it's it's cool that you guys were able to kind of get the best of both worlds there.
4: No, you're good. Especially that year was – me and George always joke around that was probably the USPHL's best year just for the fact that, you know, I think every team had guys out of the ACHA. And then even at some point you'd hear teams that were picking up guys from the O or the Q or these higher league Canadian teams that were all canceled because the USPHL was – one of the only leagues that was still playing through COVID. So the year that we played, those the teams are good. Every single team had older players. It was it was good hockey.
3: Another uh hilarious story about that year is when me and me and Biebs signed on right around Halloween, we played our first game, and we end up hearing that someone's got COVID. I think it was it was the head coach, Nate Handrahan, had COVID. We find out like that night that me and Biebs gave the entire team COVID and we had no idea. So we ended up getting canceled for like two weeks.
4: And
0: this was like, right, the first, the guys had just met you. Oh yeah.
4: It was bad. We're, we're trying to avoid them so that everybody knows we weren't the ones, but they were good to us about it.
0: That, I, that was going to be my next question. Like, was there anything crazy you had to do? Did you have to get tested every week or was the USPHL just rolling on? They were
3: pretty much just rolling on.
4: Part of it was, it was the rink was probably the worst part about it. The chiller north was kind of strict on rules. And so every day of practice, you weren't allowed in the rink until 15 minutes before before your ice time. So guys had to get in there, take their sticks and get ready in 15 minutes. And, you know, coach Andrew had, had held that strict, you know, be on the ice on timer or we're skating. And sometimes that 15 minutes was for a couple of guys who just drove all the way from Cincinnati. It's that was tough.
0: You guys weren't getting like the the dynamic warm up in, in the parking lot or throwing on your shin guards. <laughs>
3: We did that sometime.
0: And they shut that down.
3: We got, like, smacked the weekend before, so me and one of the other captains were like, all right, we got to do something. We tried the dynamic warm-up, and I'm pretty sure we had the worst practice ever, so we just never did it again.
0: That's, like, the ideal situation if you don't like warming up beforehand, that the team does the dynamic warm-up, and then everybody plays (laughs) bad, so you don't have to do it anymore.
4: I mean, we had had a guy from Georgia down south. You know, he's never been used to the cold, and it's, you know, 10 degrees at 8 in the morning. (laughs) and we're trying to do this dynamic warm-up, and the dude just won't get out of the car. He's sitting there watching us warm up in his car, and he's screaming he's not coming out. It was it was definitely the year to be playing in the USB. So
0: now, what was that transition like the next fall? You go back to campus. I'm assuming you guys are pretty much getting the green light to skate at that point. Classes are going back to in-person. How was that adjustment going from remote schooling, playing juniors, to now in-person back in the ACHA?
3: It was so much different. I remember actually having to do schoolwork and like our first weekend we're traveling to Delaware and like in the USP, you're only traveling like two hours every week because you're playing like a local team in your division. But since we're, we were independent, you know, we were traveling to like Delaware and all these crazy places, St. Louis. So it was definitely a. Something different, actually having to do schoolwork and, you know, getting getting your excusals in, you know, missing like every Friday. Uh, so that was insane.
0: Beeps for you. What was kind of like your introduction to Cincinnati hockey? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but this is like you are pretty much your first time skating with the guys, right?
4: Uh Yeah, I skated with the guys a little bit um, when we weren't sure the year before. So all the guys I was familiar with and then me and Zimmy, we still live in the hockey house here, but that was our first year in the hockey house. So a lot of the guys knew me at that point. You know, we were the, we were the Columbus guys to everyone. So everyone was familiar with us. The coaches liked us. That first weekend trip to Delaware, we're still worried about COVID at that point. Delaware within... Like 10 hours of our game says, oh, by the way, before you leave, you all have to have COVID tests. That was probably the first welcome to Cincinnati hockey was a lot of the schoolwork, like Timmy said, and then all all the politics around COVID with different schools.
0: Yeah, Zim, I think you mentioned there was some issues with you guys had to tell the bus driver to come back and wait until you guys got the COVID test back.
3: Yeah, that was insane. Me and Biebs had to drive to the rink, which is like 15 minutes from campus at like four or five o'clock in the morning. And we get there, and I'm like, I think we handed the guy some cash. We were like, dude, can you come back in five hours, please? Like, we got to get our COVID test. We ended up getting our COVID test at like a.m. and then like I remember we're texting the group chat like everybody get to the rink ASAP so we can get to our game they ended up moving our game back like an hour because it was like we were originally going to cancel it but it was like hockey night in Delaware or something like that so it was like their big night and they're like can we like just move it back we were like whatever we ended up showing up to the game a half hour before it started
0: it was crazy like every school had like different guidelines I remember filling out the paperwork for Syracuse and we traveled to Delaware we had to do the paperwork the day before and like check off that everybody had the vaccine and if they didn't have the vaccine that they were getting tested like it, it it was nuts remember like that first semester back adjusting to everyone's rules
3: oh it was insane it was and i remember delaware was like i think they were the most strict about it but like it was our first trip we had like no idea what we were doing i, I couldn't even believe we made it out there
0: because you mentioned it earlier can we get like an inside look at the hockey house like what what how big is the house how many guys are living in it who's doing the dishes
4: Well, no one does the dishes, first of all. They they just sit there until someone figures it out. It's usually me or Zimmy. George's pretty good at it. There's six of us in here right now. You know, this is the hockey house that's been passed down for, I don't know, 10 teams now, something like that. So this is the Rochelle house. This is where all the boys live. We got a huge garage. Homes the boys sometimes for house parties. But other than that, we got six guys in here. Me and Zimmy share the master up top. Nice double sink, huge room. People chirp us, but, you know, we're paying less rent. So it's a good play for us. And then we got... uh, Four other single rooms with all seniors in them
0: wow i mean th- considering that's been passed down 10 teams or so the walls behind you look like they're in great shape
4: yeah they do their best there's there's a lot of flags and stuff over some of these walls so you know the last last people to have this are gonna have some problems with the landlord
0: i was gonna say is uh the garage for storing your equipment but you guys have a pretty unreal locker room setup, right
4: yeah, yeah you know we're, we're super fortunate with the setup we do have in there
0: zim is that recent that they've
3: they've redid that so when I walked into my freshman year like you know I thought it was sick like we had the locker room we had the dry stall the equipment area the lounge Uh, we had a video room and then I think it was during the COVID year it might have been at the end of my freshman year i honestly can't remember for sure we added in a coach's room where we moved our video room to, and it just expanded the size of the locker room and i mean it's like one of the bigger locker rooms i've ever been in because now we got the, the the lounge area where we got a tv the bike area um with like our chest and stuff like that with all of our tape you know the coaches have their own stalls and their own desks we have our like obviously the locker room part we have all all have our own dry stalls you know like three toilets showers and like the storage area so i mean it's massive like i mean it's sweet just going off of memory
0: like you guys have to have one of the best locker room setups in the acha like aside from maybe the powerhouses like liberty you have a million things in their locker room like you guys are up there
3: Yeah, I mean, it's better than other ones I've seen. It's one of the best locker rooms. It's a good hike from the rink. You know, you got to walk a little bit, like a good two-minute walk to the rink. But, I mean, it's worth it. It's sweet.
0: Is it part of the rink, or is it like its own building, or is it just like an extension?
3: No, it's part of the rink. It's like right behind the roller rink um so you have to walk around the roller rink and then you have to go through the main lobby which is kind of weird but it's also kind of cool when you see the fans like waiting out in the main lobby sometimes so it's the home rink like
0: in terms of the setup like where what rink do you guys play at again
3: sports plus it's the biggest dump on the planet (laughs) but i mean it's it's pretty cool because you know On our Friday night games, we'll usually pack it pretty good, um, and the fans can get pretty rowdy sometimes. So it's pretty cool.
0: I know you mentioned it's like a fifteen minute drive. Is that do students drive or their buses?
3: Uh, Students drive usually. People don't mind it since it's only fifteen minutes. So
0: let's kind of talk about that that junior year. I think like all of a sudden you mentioned you mentioned being vets and juniors, but like you go from your freshman year everything goes away for a year and then all of a sudden you're back in the lineup and you guys are juniors and upperclassmen on the team. Uh, What was that like from a leadership standpoint? Was it tough to adjust? Did you guys have a lot of young guys on the team?
4: Uh, The leadership was interesting because you had a lot of guys who didn't play their freshman year. So now we almost have this double class of rookies. So not necessarily we're young, but we still have, you know, two classes worth of players who haven't played their first college game yet. So for someone like me who was still new to the program, first year program, I think it was important that I didn't necessarily take a leadership role, but I was more someone that leadership guys like George and a couple of our seniors didn't have to worry about because I was able to step into that having played both college and juniors. But it was definitely an interesting year with that double class of rookies, if you will.
3: It was interesting. I was fortunate enough to get an A on my jersey that year. It was good. You know, it was weird having like the double rookie class. I think our freshman class was pretty small, um, but we had a decent sized like sophomore class i think we had like 12 rookies that year but i mean our class is like massive like we have 13 seniors this year so we had a lot of guys who were juniors and were able to step up did you guys end up making it to regionals yeah we lost in the regional final to ohio state gotcha what what was
0: what do you remember from like the regional tournament at all because you guys are independent so there was no conference playoffs right
3: yeah uh the regional tournament was nuts i mean we so that first weekend we played delaware and rowan and then we come out and find out we're playing Delaware in the first round. And after we beat Delaware, we noticed we we're going to play Rowan. Um, and Rowan had beat us 11-4 to that first game just because of some crazy stuff. But then we ended up coming out and pumping them 6-1. to So that was pretty awesome. And then we knew we had a good battle in Ohio State because we had split earlier in the year. We knew it was going to be a good battle to go to the uh, final. And I'm pretty sure we went up one nothing pretty quick. And then we ended up just choking.
0: Anything else stand out from the year last year? I know it was kind of a weird transition year. Beebs, any memories that you had? Do you guys get to travel anywhere cool?
4: I think one big memory for me was really that Delaware trip off the first, uh, off the rip there, first weekend. It was a funny story, just a good story for the boys. You know, we finished that weekend up in Delaware, and, you know, the bus driver's still a little salty with the whole 5 a.m. sunk we gave him. So he's like, yeah, I don't have any time left. I'm just dropping you off at the hotel. You guys got to figure out your own food. So the boys, you know, we started trekking through right through the middle of campus there in Delaware. And next thing you know, we got a the boys are in a big old heated uh, sand volleyball match with a bunch of with a bunch of Delaware boys that we found down there. And so it was just a cool experience to be able to be walk around campus, grab food. And that's the big thing that um, I think a benefit of the ACHA is being able to see these different colleges and, you know, the experiences that other student athletes have.
0: I've given myself the self-guided tour of the Delaware campus. You know, there's not much to do when you, we, I think our hotel this year was like right across the street from the rink. So we had like nothing but time to kill. Uh, where's the, this beach volleyball course, uh, beach.
4: (laughs) It's, it's somewhere down there. If I, if, if you told me, if you took me back there, I probably wouldn't find it, but there's these just two big old courts of sand volleyball. And you know, it was buzzing on a Friday night for some reason.
3: Yeah. We was not it. We had an intense game. We were, uh, I'll never forget. We were playing with these like random kids, and we set Biebs up for a spike. And Biebs goes to spike it over the net and spikes it right in this kid's face with like glasses on. Oh my gosh, it was hilarious.
4: Buddy was bleeding. It was, it was bad. <laughs> no way, he was bleeding. Yeah. Smoked yeah. Right in the.
0: Face. I'm pretty
3: sure he. I'm pretty sure the glasses broke too. I could be wrong yeah, on that, but yeah, we, it was. We, uh
4: We packed it in after that
0: yeah you guys go back to campus and you, now you're looking if there's a club volleyball team you guys can hop on
3: <laughs> i know i was considering it
0: a sand
4: volleyball team here
0: yeah you guys got to get on that start that, or if there is a team maybe you guys got to play them and the winner gets to you know be the team
4: yeah i know that's, that might, that's the thing about hockey players we could play any sport yeah
0: that might be the move and then so going into uh your senior years now Biebs, I'll let you answer this one. Has Zim's head gotten any bigger after all the attention
4: he got from the jersey reveal? I mean, the funny thing the guys like to joke about in the locker room is, you know, what's Zimmy going to do now on the on the social medias? And the funniest thing is we're all just sitting in, in the locker room and I'm looking around and I'm like, boys, did anyone know Zimmy was taking a picture with the football players today and no one had any idea? It's just, <laughs> it's just George in the middle of two first-round projected draft picks. And everyone's like, "What the hell is this? What the heck is this guy doing here?"
3: Zim, you got any defense for that? I mean, not much. That one picture, um, that we took on campus where I'm like doing this thing or whatever. I've probably seen that picture like on like twelve different accounts, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of getting sick of seeing it. I was thinking about posting on my own Instagram, like second semester, but like now, no shot. I've seen it a hundred times. Well, we got yeah. the
0: same. I mean, we did the on-campus shoot at Syracuse, and we got the same thing. It's our guy Larks. He's actually we're gonna have him on after the interview but it's the same thing he's like yelling into the camera herm got the photo and it's literally i've seen it bleacher report nhl like everything college hockey like literally i think once a week it gets posted so i figured you were probably up there with the views
3: yeah no it's like i've seen it so many times i'm about to delete it off my camera while i've seen it too much
0: you're gonna come back to the hockey
3: house and the boys are gonna have that on the garage door (laughs) please doll, don't give them any ideas don't give them any ideas
4: the best thing about all this is, is Zimmy has the same exact celly every time he scores, but he drops down on one knee. And so our photographer has caught this dude doing the same celly 18 times this year. A picture of him on one knee has gone around the school, I don't know, 30 times. And so everyone jokes about, you know, this is this going to be his profile pic for his, you know, his LinkedIn and his, his <laughs> you know, his Tinder and everything.
0: That's awesome. Who's uh, want to give a shout out to your photographer because they do an awesome job. Who's that?
3: Uh, Emily Christie. Yeah, she's awesome. And then we have an intern named Cora who does a lot of stuff, too. Yeah, they're both great. And they put in a ton of time and effort. Um, Emily's always looking for opportunities to, you know, help try to expand the team. Um, she's helped grow our social media a ton. And obviously, you've seen her pictures and they're unbelievable.
0: And then you guys got a guy on the team who does a lot of the graphics work, right?
3: Yeah, Gerard. Gerard does a lot of it. Um, I think Cora's helped him a lot this year. I'm like so bad with like social media stuff and like who does it. I'm in a group chat with them and I never know what's going on. I just say, sounds good. Well, they're doing a
0: perfect job. So you don't really need to get involved because they're like, you guys do a great job on social media. I want to make sure we we touched on them.
3: Yeah, no, they they do an awesome job. Uh, Gerard, Cora. We got another guy named Deepak, Emily. um, They all do stuff with our social media and it's stuff I could never do. So um, yeah, they do a great job.
0: Now I want to get both of your opinions. Cause we, 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 touched on the photo shoot that went viral, but what, what do you guys think of the new jerseys? They, they got bounced pretty early in the Jersey of the year bracket. Were you guys disappointed to see that?
3: Yeah, I was shocked. Beebs, I don't know. What did you think?
4: I don't know. The Jersey of the Year, you know, those all those ones were just sick jerseys that anyone could appreciate. I think the ones that we have this year, just anyone who goes to UC kind of appreciates how nice they are. They pay homage to the football team and to our, you know, history. So anyone from UC really appreciates them.
0: I liked your old ones, too. I thought the the shoulders looked good, but I think this is more like a cleaner classic look.
3: Yeah, we've had a million people. And our school won't let us sell jerseys, unfortunately, but we've had a million people who want a jersey. I mean, we could probably sell these things for like $200 and they'd sell off the shelf.
0: Yeah, it's such an uphill battle. I'm I, i I'm with you. We're, we're trying to get some Syracuse jerseys dropping soon here, but it's been such like a, I mean, we released our jerseys like a year ago and people, every time we post a photo, like sell the jerseys, sell the jerseys and explaining to these people at club sports that you would make a zillion dollars if you were able to sell them.
3: Yeah, it's aggravating, but I I get it. Like there's licensing stuff, but it would be sweet to be able to sell the jerseys and, you know, play hockey for completely free. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, jumping into the senior year, talk about, you mentioned, it's been kind of a transition year, not, not as many wins in the win column as you'd like to see. What are some memories you have from the first semester here?
4: This team, although we're, we do have a huge senior group. We have a good incoming freshman class, uh, right now with us, although we aren't winning as much as we need to be. It's, this is probably the closest team I've played on. You know, we got guys who are, you know, spending the night at other guys' house every night or. You know, we're out together, stuff like that. It's this team is probably one of the closer teams I've played on. And I think, especially with the new coaching staff, they're doing a really good job of building something for the future. And, you know, we still got an, an effort here to make in the second half, but this. This team's going to go far here.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been tough. We've been like, I've never seen a team that's had more injuries in my life. That's obviously been a big part, but the rookies have had to step in. Um, and obviously it's tough for them, you know, when you, you've you never played college, but they've done a good job of stepping in. We had one game where I've de- I haven't played forward since I was probably seven years old and I had to take a couple shifts on forward because we had 10 healthy forwards. Um, out of like our 16 um, we got a couple guys coming back this semester too so our first trip is mary which is going to be tough obviously but you know we got our full team back so it'll be a good test for us
0: are you guys going out to north dakota for that yep are, are the boys looking forward to that trip nope
3: that is a uh that is some <laughs> insane travel we got to fly to mini and then go from mini to uh to bismarck which is like six hours um it's like a four or five day trip um, oh jeez. It'll be good competition. So at the end of the day, it'll be good.
0: That looks like it's a fun place to play. They like pack it every night. They got it. They got it. Some great facilities out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like it's pretty sweet. Uh Every time I have seen it, like they absolutely pack the house. So I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun.
0: I mean, you, Mary, that's a team who's going to make the jump to Division One next year. You guys actually played Adrian last year, right? Or was that this year?
3: That was last year, yeah.
0: What was that like, you know, kind of opening up the season, Adrian's unveiling the championship banner, and, and you guys got to go out there and play them?
4: You know, it was it was definitely interesting. You know, that first game, of course, they're lifting up that banner, and, you know, they're supposed to boat race us, which, you know, in the end we held our own, but they did beat us well. But that first period we're only down one nothing, and we've traded chances with them. We can hear those guys, that coach going off on them in the locker room next to us, talking about how they're ruining the championship unveiling by – letting a team like us hang around. But, you know, those guys played such such a high level. You know, it was it was definitely a good experience to be able to play right there with them and trade chances.
3: Yeah, we're right back there next year, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they beat the wheels off of teams in their own league. So for you guys to hang around and, and make it a game is definitely, you, you can tip your cap to that.
3: I want to get into
0: the, the Crosstown faceoff. Like, what's the beef with Xavier? Are you guys rivals in every sport? What is the rivalry physical? Are they high scoring? What are those games like?
3: Yeah. I guess I could start this one, then hand it over to Danny. Xavier is always a physical match. There's always a couple of fights that break out. Um, there's a ton of penalties in every game. Yeah, Xavier and Cincinnati are rivals in every single sport. In hockey is probably the most intense one because Xavier doesn't have a football team. Um, and, you know, obviously there's hitting in hockey and there's not really hitting in any other sports. So it always gets super intense. Um, the crowd always shows out last year sports plus was completely packed i mean there wasn't like an open seat and it was insane it was pretty cool you know we split with them last year which was not ideal because we've beaten them like the last four or five years before that so uh we're look really looking forward to this year and hopefully coming out with a sweep
4: one of the most interesting thing about the rivalry between the hockey teams is we both play out of sports plus and what's interesting is our doors to our locker rooms are literally right next to each other. That, that night they beat us, we could hear them screaming and, and hollering and, you know, it lit a fire under the boys And we went and took care of business their other night. But it'll definitely be a physical, you know, hard-hitting match. I think last year I got tossed in both games just for getting into it. You know, downtown this year is going to be, you know, super special. We're going to have the uh, Cincinnati Cyclones Arena. I'm sure it'll be, a t- it'll be another packed crowd, so it'll be cool to be playing on the big ice for this big rivalry.
0: Have you guys played there before, or is this the first time?
3: No, I, I haven't played there. Uh, I think they, they used to have a couple games there like before any of our times, but this will be the first time, so it'll be pretty cool. Do you guys make it any downtown for any
0: Cyclones games?
4: Yeah, the boys the boys get down there. We do a 50-50 raffle night with them sometimes where some of the boys run around with the 50-50 raffle, and the rest of the guys kind of watch the game. But the Cyclones put on awesome experiences, so it's fun. You'll have some of your guys doing 50 raffle, or the guys are sitting there making fun of them harassing them while they're going through the crowd trying to get donations so it's it's a good time and the Cyclones have a really good relationship with us we haven't
0: even touched on football like what's the situation with UC football or is positive outlook the rest of the way or is is the are the glory days over
4: like George is saying after after fix out here we were big fickle fans down here so it's going to be a rebuild here for the next year or two but you know the boys will weather the storm
3: yeah, it's going to be tough. I was We were actually looking at it when we were on our vacation. They have like the 72nd best recruiting class in the nation. So uh, it's not as high as years past. So it might be tough, but we know a couple guys on the team. So I got faith in them. There we go.
0: Zim. another question I had for you. I see you rocking the Bahamas hockey hat. I wanted to get your, your take. How many Sally hockey hats do you own?
3: I only own two right now. I need to get another one. I got the uh, it's a great day for hockey hat but one of the boys on the team Elias uh, me and him like I remember when we first saw those Instagram ads and we were like, dude, we gotta get these and I think that day Elias just bought threes like I just spent like 120 dollars on these hats and then I got I got the it's a great day for hockey one and I remember sending this to my mom and I was like, yeah, I need this for Christmas so I'll probably get another one here soon the the New England Pond hockey one looks sweet so.
0: Yeah. We got to do a plug for those guys. We're going to come out with an, I, I'm actually, this is one of them right now, but we're, got, we got these in black and then we got white ones coming out soon. So uh, we'll have to let you boys know when those drop, but before we, uh, go any other, you know, any other memories, UC hockey that you want to worth mentioning excitement, building up for the second semester. I'll give you guys each a chance for some closing thoughts. I'm
3: trying to think of some good memories. Um, obviously like going to Florida every year, that's always so much fun being with the guys. I don't know. It's, it's always like a good time with UC, you know, every, you know, you always look forward to going to every practice, every game. I gotta, I guess I can have a good story when we were in uh, we run our way to NC state and Liberty this year, and we go through West Virginia you know there's like a online casino there we didn't know what to do so we started ripping the online casino in West Virginia so that was always that was pretty fun and then you get out West Virginia you got nothing to do so I mean that that was that was a good time you know just being with the guys in the back and you're playing like one dollar hands because you know you're poor college kids but you're going nuts when you win a dollar for the guy next to you so that was pretty fun Uh, that was a good memory from this year
4: I mean I'm a senior so I'm wrapping it here in the next couple months but mostly I miss training camp I think Training camp at Cincinnati super special. It's uh, it's like three or four days. You're skating twice a day. You know everyone's bagging. Everyone's guys are on the brink of throwing up every day just because we're getting bagged so bad. But it's it's something that you miss, especially when you know your career is going to come to an end
3: here.
0: Zim, I'll give you one last chance. Like, what's the what's the recruiting pitch for Cincinnati hockey? If someone's listening to this and they're thinking about going to UC.
3: Yeah, obviously, I think the number one thing is the locker room and the coaching staff that we have at Cincinnati. I know they've been at the USPHL showcases a lot lately. You know, getting the chance to play in front of some fans is pretty cool because, you know, you go to some places where there's no fans. Playing at Cincinnati, you always get the chance to play in front of some fans. Obviously, the school itself. Um, has like a top co-op program in the world it's a pretty cool opportunity um and just like being at cincinnati you know i've met so many good people and i've had some literally some of the best times in my lives and going back for grad school so i could play another year but i'm excited about that so that'll be pretty cool you know if you're looking to come to cincinnati you're going to be with some awesome guys um everyone works hard and likes to have fun so it's it's such a good time i mean wouldn't change it for the world
0: Well, boys, appreciate you guys jumping on. Wish you guys the best of luck in the second half here, and uh, we'll keep our eye on you guys. Definitely game of the week material when Xavier and Cincinnati meet up uh, later on in January.
3: Awesome. Thank you for having us on.
4: Yeah, appreciate it.
0: Thanks again to Zim and Beebs for joining the show this week. Looking forward to watching uh, how Cincinnati finishes out the season in their cross-down face-off against Xavier. No ACHA burgers this week, but it is time to fire up the grill. We're looking forward to a strong second semester, so we'll be watching for those blowouts and get the burgers going on the grill, and we'll have it back in the lineup next week to hand them out, so keep an eye out for those. But we do have some games to watch. Plenty of action this weekend. I want to give a shout out to all the Warriors who went back to campus on January 2nd uh, this year and grinded it out. You deserve it. You guys are the real heroes. Friday night, we have Delaware facing off against IUP at Fred Russ Arena. Delaware looking to claw back and get some momentum. It also in Division I men's action with Concordia and Arbor is taking on University of Michigan Dearborn at the Arctic Edge Ice Arena a whack matchup to start off the second semester sticking with division 1 Maryville takes on Illinois State a big Midwest matchup at the Maryville University Hockey Center and then Arizona State is taking on University of Oregon who makes the trek to Tempe for the first time at Oceanside Arena West Coast battle between two teams who are hungry to make the top 15 moving to women's Division 1 action on Friday night Minot State takes on Adrian at Pepsi Rank at Mesa Arena top matchup in women's Division 1 action Division 2 we have Utah State taking on Utah Valley University big Utah rivalry taking off on Friday night and then Lindenwood and Trine are going to face Face off against each other. This one's going to be outdoors at the barn at Centene. They got a showcase going on this weekend with some of the top teams in men's division two ACHA happening in St. Louis. So keep your eyes on that one. Friday night, our last game to watch. We have the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy taking on the U.S. Coast Guard in a big military matchup. This one will be one to look forward to. And then on Saturday, our lone matchup to watch is women's division one action. Indiana Tech takes on University of Michigan Dearborn at the Parkview Ice House. So some games to watch out for this week. But before we get to the game of the week, I want to turn it over to a special guest, Anthony Larkin, a teammate of mine at Syracuse, is going to join the show to talk about the frozen jungle, a summer college league for kids in Massachusetts to play at. Thanks again to Anthony Larkin for joining the show here looking to cover the upcoming Frozen Jungle season. Tony, second year in the ACHA here at Syracuse. Uh, Just give us a quick recap of the first semester and how things have been going.
5: Yeah, first Murph, thank you and the rest of the Hockey House crew for having me on and yeah, first semester's been going great. We're having a lot of fun down at uh, the 315, playing hockey, having a good time with the boys. Uh, We're definitely picking it up from last season. Syracuse hockey's on the upward trend and Nothing but good things to say about us and the program. You know, I'm having a great time.
0: So you kind of killed it last summer with the Frozen Jungle, doing kind of a a college hockey league in the summer for guys in Massachusetts and the New England area to play and stay competitive. When did you get the idea for that, and how did that come about?
5: Yeah, it actually started in the summer of uh, 2021. I had just finished playing premiere in the USPHL. Um, I knew I was coming to Cuse. I was actually just looking for you know, places to skate over the summer. I kind of realized that as you grow older, it's really tough to find ice in the summer. So I kind of just started off by renting ice and essentially just running captain's practices, you know, air quotes around captain's practices. Just do a couple drills and play a little bit of pickup. We were getting guys. It wasn't exactly sufficient. So I kind of just halfway through the summer decided to just call it a weekly pickup game. And that actually generated a lot more interest. A few more guys started showing up. A lot of guys loved it. It was high energy, high compete. And then I went to Syracuse and I kind of just crafted the idea of maybe just turning it into a summer league. And in the summer of 2022, that's when I introduced the Frozen Jungle. It was a four-team league comprised of players from NCAA, mostly ACHA, CHF, a few junior leagues, um, NCDC, NA3, USPHL, Premier, EHL. And yeah, we just kind of took off from there. It started off as a weekly skills pickup sort of thing. And then it transformed
0: into the summer league. And the season ran from, I mean, you guys went right up until like late August before it was time to go back to school, right?
5: Yeah, that's exactly right. We started around mid June. We ended actually about a week and a half before I returned to campus. Um, We played an eight game regular season, 14 playoff, excuse me, a semifinal and a final. Um, Each game was 50 minutes, 25 minute halves, ice cut in between, played on Thursday nights
0: and lasted about nine weeks. Awesome. And for those listening, like, what's the deal here with the second season getting ready to go? I know you guys got registration coming up, right?
5: Yeah. So we're actually excited to launch registration. It's going to come out the week of January 9th, which I think is next week, depending on at least this episode. We're excited. We're going to launch it early. So guys have a lot more time to sign up and uh, essentially like a head start. The sign up will probably open for five months, which would bring us to around may i think the week of june 9th is when we're planning on starting our second season and hopefully it'll run until about mid-august
0: again in terms of like guys who want to play in this where are you guys playing at least talking last season how far uh were guys willing to drive to play
5: so this season, we're actually at a uh, a new place, a new rink. It's the Bach Ice Center in Dedham, Massachusetts. We relocated there. Or the rink, excuse me, is right off the highway. It's, there's a nice little roundabout I always take that leads me right there. Probably about a 30-minute drive for most people, I would say. It's uh, it's not too far out of the way, but it's it's a good spot. It's a good location, and uh, it's pretty easy for a lot of guys too.
0: And you mentioned uh, lots of ACHA guys, some NCAA guys. How would you say like the level of play was? Because I think you guys were pretty – Talking with the guys, I think they were pretty impressed with the level of of play and the compete level during these summer games. The
5: ACHA was definitely the the dominant league represented in the league for sure. There's absolutely no doubt about that. We had schools represented like Syracuse. We had, uh, I think, five or six guys from Syracuse. Uh, Kentucky, UMass Amherst, St. A's, Oregon, uh, Fairfield from the CHF. Um, so a lot of those schools that are in that D two D one ACHA range were really well represented. A fair amount of junior kids from the NCDC, the NA three, USP, EHL. A lot of those leagues had a few a uh, few guys. And then, like I said, a few NCA schools like uh, Worcester State had about six kids sign. Post head one or two and Middlebury actually had a three or four sign.
0: And then how many guys did you have on each roster too?
5: So with the four-team league, uh, we wanted to keep the rosters a little bit bigger. And in the summer, you know, you never can really expect or account for everybody to show up every week. You know, guys are working, going on vacation. So the rosters were anywhere from 17 to 19 or 20 guys. You know, not everyone was there each week. So it really balanced out. The rosters were pretty fairly made, I would say. The four teams. The first place team was five and three. The second and third place were both four and four, and the last place was three and five. Just looking at those records, it, it's pretty fair to say that the uh, the competition was pretty even throughout the whole league. That's as much parity as I think you can get.
0: And now, if guys are interested in registering for this summer's league, uh, where can they go and how can they sign up?
5: So we will be launching a Sports Engine uh, link in the coming days Uh, all you got to do is go on if you have a sports engine account which a lot of uh, traditional hockey programs at least in new england use um you just gotta log in sign the link will be posted on uh, my instagram also posted on other instagrams such as uh hosier hockey and hockey gear pro shop but yeah just go to the sports engine link and follow the instructions
0: yeah we'll probably put it out on our social medias too we can put it on our uh our Instagram story and get the word out and Twitter as well. Anything else that, that guys should know about before they they sign up for the frozen jungle?
5: Honestly, it's a lot of fun. We try to keep it as competitive as possible while still providing like a, sum, a summer hockey fun experience. You know, we want to keep it s- serious enough where guys get a good sweat, but also fun where it's not that big of a stressor.
0: Awesome. Well, Tony, looking forward to getting back on campus with you. Uh, in the second half of Syracuse and looking forward to getting this registration link out so we can get as many ACHA, uh, CHF guys, even some NCAA guys playing in the jungle this summer.
5: Yeah, Murph, thanks for having me. For guys interested in the league, feel free to follow us on Instagram at LimitlessHockey underscore. Feel free to shoot me a DM either to that account or my personal if you find it. I'd love to have as many guys. We're really trying to grow the ACHA, same as you guys are, um, just on a different platform. We're excited to get going
0: for the second season. (laughs) Thanks again to Larks for joining the show. Looking forward to another successful summer in the frozen jungle. Hopefully they get a lot of guys to sign up and it could be another competitive season like it was last year. In the game of the week this week, we have Ohio University hosting Stony Brook at Bird Arena, a marquee matchup. Stony Brook looking to get on the right path. Ohio looking to build on momentum from the first half. Herm,
2: it's the hometown boys. Who are you taking? You know who I'm taking, Murph. You, you you already know who I'm taking. I'm picking the Bob dogs. Roll bobbies. You can't bet against the green and white. Come on now.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to ride with the Bob dogs this week as well. And I actually wanted to give a shout out. I didn't mention it, but the second to last day of the year, I made the trip down to Hanover, New Hampshire to watch Merrimack college, take on Dartmouth in the Ledyard classic. A lot of Acha heroes in the crowd. Wanted to give some shout outs. Nolan Sauer from temple. One of Glick's teammates. I saw him played against him in high school, saw another kid. It's from one of those, Jersey schools and I, I'm blanking on the name here but I'm hoping he's listening so he can remind us next week but also saw a guy on Ohio and I didn't even get his name just a huge beauty I, he was wearing his park. I was wearing mine he mentioned that they were playing Stony Brook when they get back so I wish him the best of luck so I'm going to take Ohio in this one I think they got a lot of momentum from the first half and they're going to get started on the right foot. Collins who you got?
1: I think you can bet against the green and white I'm going to go <laughs> as as Herm is flipping me off right now uh, I'm going with Stony brook just to be just to be a contrarian i think it's going to be a really good game so um i think you know like many of the, the games of the week it's going to be a one goal game and it will be really tight i would also like to see stony brook bounce back because i believe i picked them earlier in the year as the team to be the next lindenwood so um i'm pulling for you guys on long island Go Seawolves, right?
0: Yep, go Seawolves. We actually, I, I was on a Zoom call the other day with a bunch of my former teammates and uh, it was after Mike Leach passed and we got into a conversation about which Eschel mascot would win in a hypothetical battle. I don't know if you guys saw that clip uh, but Mike Leach had a famous press conference where he talked about which Pac-12 mascots would win and there was a lot of debate about what a Seawolf actually is. Whatever a Seawolf is, it is nothing when it comes to the Drexel Dragon because that thing is by far winning. Teams like Syracuse and NYU who have colors as their mascots they don't stand a chance. Funny you bring up the wolves because uh, there, there was some discussion over that over the break uh, but want to wish the boys best luck. I think this game is going to be like, I think it's going to be a gong show. Like I think the first game back from break, especially this early on in the year, people are making and mistakes people want to set the tone i think there's gonna be some fireworks in this one so i'm looking forward to it i'll be driving back to syracuse on sunday which is a seven hour trek and i wanted to get you your guys's opinion because i alternate between what options i listen to if you were making a, a drive like mine are you going music are you going podcasts are you going like big booty mix i want to hear the takes i'll throw it over Herm
2: first i'm i'm a total like eclectic mix when it comes to it a long drive like that is perfect for something like shout out the the dissect podcast which is cole kutchna's podcast it's run officially through spotify dude does incredible deep dives into huge artists and albums and deep, deep lyrical analysis. It's really, really cool to hear, like, the behind-the-scenes interview footage. It's perfect for when you get the opportunity to sit and listen to, like, a couple hours in a row of it. Uh, but for music, I'm, like, a total mix, just classic rock, alt stuff, rap, it, not everything in between. So just whatever's on the radio, I'm, I'm happy to go for it.
0: Collins, what about you? What's your go to car audio?
1: Like Herm, I'm a I'm a mix of everything. Typically what I'll do is I will so I'm a big jam band guy. So I will I will find a concert and we'll just listen to the entire thing. So whether it be it be goose the Grateful Dead, Fish, whoever, I'll just throw on that concert and listen to it. I also mix in some podcasts as well. I'm a big fan of the, the All In podcast. If you're not familiar, it's kind of like a, a tech, economics, political podcast, just kind of kind of talking about everything going on in the world it's a it's a good podcast the whoop podcast i'm a, I'm a big whoop guy. just listening to that on how to you know train better sleep better all that stuff uh, i think is is very valuable and then also um the friday beers podcast i think that's hilarious um the boys over there are absolutely killing it last one is uh this week in startups I think that's uh with Jason Kalkanis I think that's a that's a really good podcast
0: wow you're you're like all over the podcast like what a variety that you have there
1: yeah I, I tried to to educate myself and then also try to listen to, to dumb shit like Friday beers no offense
0: we we got to get one of the Friday beers guys on like one of them had to have played in the ACHA there's just there's no shot that they got no club hockey guys in that office
1: I would imagine the empty netters guy imagine yeah pro- I would probably have played ACHA yeah I mean, we mean you getting reached out to him yeah yeah yeah.
0: one podcast you didn't mention that i listened to on my last road trip was games with names sam Morrill and julian edelman and they basically just like recap like a famous game in sports history the only reason i listened to it is because they had zidane ochara on who's never been on a podcast before and he went on and talked about game seven versus the canucks i listened to that one i haven't listened to any more episodes um i'm a big time chicklets guy if i run out of because the Chicklets episodes are so long, it's like two Chicklets episodes gets me home, so that makes it go by faster. Also, like if I'm driving through Vermont, I'll listen to some Noah Kahn and just get really in my feels. Driving through Vermont, listening to Noah Kahn, it's like a it's a cheat code. Like you just actually just enter a whirlpool, and by the end of it, next thing you know, you snap your fingers and you're in New York. That gets me through it. But I, I do a little bit of music, but mostly Chicklets, and if I run out of Chicklets, I'll listen to Thirty Two Thoughts with uh, Elliot Friedman. And get the inside info on what's going down in the NHL.
1: Oh, I forgot one podcast uh, I listened to Empty Betters local Maryland guys all played in the the MIA hockey scene Uh, I've never thanked those guys for having me on great podcast highly recommend you guys go listen to it just kind of covering everything sports betting NHL great podcast
0: well that's great I didn't even think about it going to this question but I guess if you're sick of listening to us we just gave you plenty of uh, great other podcasts to explore for your next road trip that being said we're excited for the second half of the ACHA and the CHF seasons covering all things club hockey as always our DMs are open any questions any tips Feel free to shoot them our way. We're more than happy to answer you. We're very excited for the second half of the season coming up here. You'll hear from us next week and see you boys.
1: See you boys.